0: Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolet Bible Institute. And I invite you to check out those websites and see how we can serve you, your family, your youth group. We also have a a really cool place called the Wolf River Refuge. It's nestled right on the Wolf River here in Langley County. A diamond in the rough for you to come and explore and be a part of. We want to be a part of uh, enhancing your relationship with God and with each other. And if we can do that, and we think we've served well, so check us out. This is a program called Younger Older, and today I'm with somebody older, so I'm the younger one. You are the younger one. And uh, often I've talked with Mike. Mike is on our staff at Silver Birch Ranch Nicolet Bible Institute. He's our business guru, and uh, I don't even know what a guru does necessarily, but I I think that's what you do, is uh, you guru the business stuff. That's right. I look at the numbers. So if you like numbers, he's the guy you want to talk to. But even more importantly, he's a grandpa. And he's a grandpa of how many grandchildren? Twelve grandchildren. Twelve grandchildren. And you, how many foster care children in your family?
1: Well, we, we currently have uh, two. Okay. That are in and our how fam- many have been total? But total. Uh, it's been total of 14 have come through in the last, uh, oh, I think about four years.
0: Okay. So as a grandpa, you're in tune with your own children, mm-hmm. your grandchildren, and the foster care system in the United States, especially here in northern Wisconsin. So you're in tune with all those things. And, and I want to tell our listeners as we talk about whatever we talk about today, we're talking to a man who has a great heart for God and for young people and wanting young people to know God, to know Christ. And to make them known in their life, and and give them real solutions, and a broken heart for some things like the foster care system. And when I say that, Mike, if I say you have a broken heart for the foster care system, what am I talking about? Well, it, is that accurate?
1: Yeah, that's that's accurate, very accurate. I mean, um, it, you know, if you love if you love kids, and uh, you know, you can go on and and any little child that you work with, uh, you know, they just grab your heart. I mean, they're they're so innocent and and so free. But these foster kids are coming out of situations where they've been traumatized. Uh, You know, life at home has been pretty darn rough and they've been, they're not safe at home. So the county takes them out of their homes and puts them in a foster home. And when you see what these kids have been through and you see the behaviors that they have and uh, it's not their fault. Uh, frankly, it's because these behaviors have been trained into them, you know, from the experiences that they've seen. So my heart just breaks for them. There, uh, there's yes, yeah, social workers. There's uh, there's county workers. There's all these workers that are saying they can help um, these kids, uh, you know, through this process. Uh, but why do we still have 70% of the men who are in prison today came out of the foster system? Yeah. Why do? Um, uh, uh, over 50% of the girls who graduate out of the foster care into the world are pregnant within two years. Why, uh, you know, why do we sit back and see um, uh, 50% of the foster parents who are first-time foster parents quit fostering after one year because of a bad experience right. with a foster child? And uh, you're sitting back and you're realizing that <clears throat> the tools that this world uses to help kids in the foster system don't work. And uh, there's only one thing that works, and that's God's word. That's God's love. That's uh, God working through foster parents who have taken it upon themselves as a ministry to minister to these kids. And now what we're trying to uh, make aware, people aware is that the church has a role in this process. And uh, we're sitting back. You know, the church in James 1, uh, 27 talks about taking care of orphans and widows. Well, these foster kids are the modern-day orphans okay. that we have in uh, in this world. So we're looking to how can the church then help foster parents just by rallying around them, so we can reduce the number of foster parents leaving the system. We can increase the number of new foster parents coming into the system, and we, all we know is it's God's word that's going to help. Uh, the foster parents help the foster child uh, deal with this world that they are going to go into.
0: Okay, now let me just ask you a general question. From yeah. from you talking, I, I'm assuming we need to find a lot more people who love God and walk with God, who are willing to be foster parents. Oh,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Okay, now how
0: how does somebody go about the process? Let's say I'm listening and I think, okay, so you see a need, and you do see a need out there. There's there's so, maybe we need to back the bus up here. What is the procedure? How does some child get into foster care, and who in the world puts them into foster care, and how does that work? What what yeah. what happens?
1: Yeah, there's several different ways that the, a child can gets into it. It's always because uh, the the county has deemed that the child is unsafe in their present situation. Okay, they've been neglected. If uh, mom and dad are struck out on drugs and they're not feeding the kids, they're not caring for the kids. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's a common thing right now in our society is the drug abuse and okay. what that does to kids. The county then takes them out. The, the police department, these folks know who the troubled parents are or troubled families are in the county, okay, and police will make references to uh, uh, the county and saying, hey, there's a problem over here with this family. You better take a look at this. Um, and just people in the, in the neighborhoods, in, you know, in the community that sees something wrong, that, they're, they're, that this child may be in danger, uh, they'll report uh, to the county. and the So county... when a
0: child is neglected or is in danger, not being fed, sexually abused possibly, possibly or, yes. or, or other things, and somebody might get hints of that going on, mm-hmm. and they contact either the
1: police or they contact social services? Yes, social services are usually contacted. Then they do an investigation. Okay. Okay. There's a process. They'll remove the child immediately, and uh, many times we've had phone calls in the middle of the night. Can right. we bring a child to your house? You know, and we do respite care. My wife and I do. So they'll bring a child in just for a day or two while they do their investigation of trying to figure out what is going on with this family. Okay. And uh, and then they make the social services are actually making a determination. And uh, eventually, that goes before um, it could go before a judge, who would actually make a a permanent call of removing that child. But that's a long process.
0: Okay, so so in that process, though, it's the state that determines whether a child is being neglected or not, somehow or being abused, and that's a godless situation in general. Very, very much so. So so it's not the Bible isn't involved at this point. There's nothing spiritual involved. So what we're advocating for is that that the church rise up with many more volunteers where the state could call and say we need to drop somebody off. Because even for a moment, if they can be in a place where they can see Christianity modeled, they can see a home that functions correctly
1: modeled, that could be
0: very important.
1: Oh, very important. Uh, what that does is, I mean, these kids are coming in and all of a sudden they, uh, we've seen it happen in our family, you know, and uh, a child will come into uh, to our, our daughter and uh, son-in-law's home and uh they all of a sudden look and said well, what what's what's going on this is different this is not what they're used to they they've never had the experience of actually seeing what a, a godly family uh behaves like right and uh it's like uh it, and that they react in different ways to that some really enjoy it you know and they <laughs> they don't want to ever have to leave uh okay you see that going on if they have to go back to their parents but you see other times where they're very disturbed by it because um, this is not what the life is like for them. They're right. not used to that type of life, and they disrupt the family. They do everything they can to cause chaos in the in the foster family because uh, this is not. I want everyone else to act like my parents used to act, you know, and they're not. And so they they throw tantrums. They 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 do things that you have to be prepared for as a foster parent to deal with. Right, and a lot of a lot of Christian parents who are fostering don't have all the tools that they really need to have to be able to deal with all these behaviors. So our hope is that we could supply tools. Okay,
0: and how do we do that? I mean, how do you supply tools? So, so let's say I'm, I'm somebody, I'm, I'm thinking, all right, I understand there's a great need. I understand that the people who are evaluating the abuse situation or the neglect situation are, are secular. Mm-hmm. There's nothing with the Bible with them. They, they really don't care about God. Now, that's not to say that there aren't believers who are social workers that work right, in the system. exactly. Okay, right. so that's beyond. But the system itself is not godly. The system itself doesn't allow. In other words, sometimes when we want to uh, talk about spiritual things, they don't want us to. Yeah, with correct. It, because they want to separate the church and state kind of thing. Right. So what we're advocating then is that believers and churches all the way through our state of Wisconsin and all the way through the country that listen to this, that they start picking up the banner and saying, okay, we want to have people involved in the foster care system. So we want to get people trained in the foster care system so that mm-hmm. they don't quit in the first year and they understand what they're actually getting into. Right. So I come to you, Mike, and here at Silver Ranch, we have a ministry called Foster Family Connect, and I say, how do we connect here? I'm coming to you asking, what do I do yeah. now? I'm a church leader. I want to, and I might throw in there, I'm a male church leader because that might matter as far as how, how you get the discussion rolling mm-hmm. here. So I'm a male church leader, and I come to you and I say, you know, we understand there's a need for foster care parents. We want to get involved. What's the next step?
1: Yeah. The church uh, is, is, is positioned in such a way, in most churches, I mean, you have people, you may know people who already are doing foster care. And uh, so the church has the opportunity of providing those tools we talked about. Okay, they can step in and do everything from, and then here's how we do it in our church. And with, uh, and with my uh, daughter, for example, and her family, we have what we call a church advocate. Okay, this is one person in the church that contacts my daughter once or twice a week and says, how are things going? What's going on? What do you need? What's going on this week in your life? Uh, you know, do you need uh, babysitting help? Do you need transportation? Uh, do you have a hectic day where we could provide a meal for you that evening? Uh, is there something that's going on? Do you need some repairs done in the home that you, you just can't get to because you're taking care of these, these foster kids? Uh, are there things that uh, we can do to help you uh, uh, very materially and physically uh, uh, to, to make your life a little easier that you don't have to worry about so that uh, you can take care of this foster child. So that advocate then gets that list of things that, uh, that could possibly be done that week and there's a team of people that that advocate works with that knows the foster family, usually four or five people. They have different skills. Somebody says, hey, I could cook a meal time, and I'll have it over there. Someone else would say, uh, hey, I'd love to babysit, you know, the kids. And, uh, and, and take care of them. And, and the foster parent knows these people very, very closely. So it's, it's like you're not letting a stranger in your house. Right. But it's, so they're in a position where they can actually care for these needs. That allows that foster mom just to, to, to go and, and do nothing else but go food shopping right. <laughs> or clothes shopping or whatever where she can't get away with all these kids or whatever's going on. Uh, you know, my, my daughter has five kids of her own plus two foster kids now. Yeah. So it's just seven kids in the family. A-
0: anyone with seven kids is going to be somewhat busy. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So
1: it's it's craziness. And what it does for her is just, hey, it gives me that couple hours where I can just get away and get these things done that I need to do for my family. And uh, that's where the help steps in and, uh, and keeps her from getting overwhelmed with all the needs uh, of the family. And uh, the advocate can arrange all that stuff to happen. You know, even one person will... And on the team is a guy that loves to fix things. You yeah. know, he can fix anything. So if they have something happen with a, a drain plugs or a or a, sure. a you know, hinge is loose or something, they, the advocate says, now, hey, we'll send him over. Now,
0: so a church that. doesn't need to be a part of any organization to do this. You can actually no. just do this. Yeah, You, you know, you Everybody as a church does. can organize something like this and do it. Right. Now, there are some other tools out there that can help, but but these are things that, yeah. You know, first of all, the church needs to take up the burden of the foster care system. That's what we're saying. The church does. Correct, correct. Because and, and I used the word male earlier. Why did I stress male, and what's the significance of that in the foster
1: care system? Well, there's two. When you look at uh, the male-female relationship in the foster care system, in the county system, and it's very, very female-driven, okay, from that standpoint. But what we'd like to see is the the men of the church and the and the foster dads having a separate relationship where they can help the foster dad lead the, the foster home right. in the right in the right uh, dimensions. Okay, um, and that's very critical because the the marriage comes under stress in the in the midst of this all this um, happenings in the home, and the burden seems to rest a lot on the on the mom. That uh, she is is seems to carry this burden uh, a lot more than the males do because the males are usually off working or right. traditionally that's that's how it works, so <clears throat> so what we really want to do is the males to be able to step up to the plate, and saying and here's how we support the family, yeah. and uh, that was, that's with other godly male leadership that can step into the, and work with those foster dads and saying and here's how we can help you uh, in your family right now to keep this marriage together and keep it tight. Right.
0: And we might also suggest that when we talk about gender, that if you're going to have a group at church that is looking after foster care and trying to help uh, people outside the church and foster oh, yeah. care have a lady in charge of it.
1: That's right. Oh yes, very much so because you know. she has the communication skills and the mothering mothering skills. Let's yes. put it that way. That uh, that that mom relates to.
0: You're getting close to being canceled by our culture. You yes, know. But I, go, am. On, but go I am. I am.
1: Yeah. Well, there's been many times in the in the last uh, four years, you know, that, that we've been involved in as a respite uh, parents. You know, many times I can I walk into the social services or I walk in as a man, and uh, and I'm I'm treated nicely, but but it's it's I just don't connect. Right. Or my wife walks in, all of a sudden, talks to the same people, and man, there's an instant connection because because moms know moms. Yeah. And they know what moms are thinking. And yeah. as a guy, I just don't I can't connect with that in the, yeah. in the same realm.
0: And one of the most important things we have to get back to is the way God made us, and He made men and women different. Yeah. Different different ideas, different skills. I I just talked to a young mom about this last week where. I was explaining to her, you know, that that mothers, she was saying her husband doesn't understand some things. And I said, well, he won't. (laughs) You know, I mean, there's not a a man that understands what it is to carry a baby full term. Mm -hmm. There's not a man that understands what it is to feed a baby from your own body. There's not a man that understands a lot of different things that a mom understands. That a mom actually can connect with, with other females. There are, there are things that I, as a male, even an old grandpa kind of guy, I do not connect well with females on certain things. My wife yes. needs to connect with them.
1: Yeah, exactly and, right. And
0: so we find in the foster care system that it just works better at this point in history to have the men example what it is to serve and to love and to have a stable family and to be yep. in that role but if you're going to organize something in your church where you're going to go out and help foster families, a lot of times having women drive that is a good thing, not Very a bad thing. thing. Very good
1: thing. I think, uh, and, and you're, you're going to want to have women driving it, like you say, but uh, that man has to, uh, he has to drive the marriage. Right. Okay, that's where it comes down to. And we find that if, if you have a, a strong godly support system, even behind that man, at, he's, he's caring for his marriage. He's right. caring for his wife. He's providing for the family. He's he's doing all these things that uh, that uh, men in the Bible are supposed to st- uh, step up and do. And uh, lo and behold, that strengthens the wife, uh, the mother, foster mom, to go ahead and care for that foster family, right. and, and the kids in a different way.
0: You know, and from my angle, if I have one, I'm yep. speaking to what is most likely the elders at a church who are mostly men. Yes. Or oh, I men, see,
1: oh, I see where you're going. Yeah.
0: What yep. you need to do is find some ladies in the church that can get this program going. Oh. I, I'm saying that you, you might sit in your board meetings and you might say, well, yeah, there's a need here. No, talk to some ladies who understand the need and get this thing off the ground and get your church active in the foster care system in your community. Yep. If I could throw just a, a thumbnail dream out there. What would happen, now we're from the state of Wisconsin, what would happen if the evangelical churches in every county in the state of Wisconsin got on board and started to actually work in the foster care system to try and rescue the kids that are getting abandoned? What could happen in the state of Wisconsin? And could Wisconsin start a fever nationwide in the evangelical churches to take care of the unwanted children that are being thrown around from home to home? And, and allow God to use us and our relationships as examples to help them in their lives. That, now that's a thumbnail sketch and everyone's going, well yeah, you, you should have a long range, I don't have a long range plan. Just do it. Just get together with your <laughs> church and do it. you know as, as far as that goes.
1: Yeah, I think when you when you put that together and I'll, I'll use my, I'll use my home county for an example. Uh, right now there's 11 foster families in the county. There's 35 foster kids, okay? Put that together. A lot of those kids have been shipped out of the county, institutionalized somewhere, or or staying with other foster parents outside the county. They're taken away from their friends, their families, and everything. Yeah, uh, you know, that everything that they know is is uh, normal. Okay. Right. And the school, everything is gone. So you sit back and and um, you look at the um, the f- church. That, that's eleven churches that could come around eleven families. And we've got uh, you know close to sixty churches in the county, right? And uh, it's sitting back in. And what an outreach uh, that could be, uh, just to those foster families to know that they're loved. They don't have to belong to their church. No, <laughs> this all the more reason as as an outreach. You outside right. your church, right? And uh, help those foster families and, and ask them if they could use your your their help, um, as a church. And and you know as well as I do, what happens within organ Like we're in the camping business here. We provide experiences right. for people to come and meet God here on these grounds. And it's out of their norm, out of what they normally do. You can do the same thing in a church. You provide the experience of an outreach. And they will probably be led by the ladies in the church who are going to take care of these, these uh, foster moms and the kids that they serve. And, uh, and they're going to get actively involved in creating an experience within the church. And what's going to happen? your church is going to change. Yep, That's the best thing that the elders and the deacons of a church could look at is getting involved in changing the life of the people in your church by providing experiences for them to get outside of themselves.
0: Yeah, And you know, oh. I, I notice how many times the, the women in church notice something that needs to be done that the men don't notice. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And, and, and like my wife could come to me anytime and say, you know, Dave, why don't you take care of this? And I just say, oh, okay.
1: Yeah. You know, it's like, That's right. yeah. no
0: problem. Yep. But why? Because she knows, as as a lady, as a mom, she she knows, okay, this is important. You know, th- there'll be times where she has some, uh, she might have a, a young wife over at the house with some young kids with her. Mm-hmm. And she'll say, now, we're going to eat lunch from this time to this time. I want you to come home.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: And, and I know why. Male. Yep. In the house. Yep. demonstrate what it, you know, she wants me to know the kids. She wants me to say hi to the The kids. There's a mom. Because I'm thinking, why? I can eat lunch at camp.
1: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I
0: see the different mind frame? Yep, yep. No, I want you at home because they're going to be here, and this is an important part of sharing life. Mm -hmm. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not really about lunch, Dave. That's right. You know, (laughs) you can get your lunch wherever you want to get it. And I understand that. And not only that, I really appreciate her mind frame on that and her including me. And, and yes, children need to, every, every possible way, they need to see healthy families. Oh, yeah. So if I'm talking yeah. to you and you're part of an evangelical church, you're listening, instead of just separating everybody by age, it, it would be really good to make an effort to get healthy families together with unhealthy families in your church. Just get them together, get the moms and kids together for a play day, get get the, the families together for a barbecue. you know not not massive families necessarily mm-hmm. because sometimes when you get together, what happens is the healthy families kind of hang out together and the unhealthy families kind of hang out together. And you haven't done so so if you could figure out a mentoring, family mentoring, you know this family is an older family. they walk with mm-hmm. God they, they're not perfect as no human being is but but they do let let's find a younger family and put them with them and say you know once a month can you guys do something together where your families do something together so they right. can get a picture of what a family looks like apart from the one they're
1: in yeah we do that uh you know we do that off and on with uh, not only uh my daughter and her husband they'll just pick another foster family or another family in the church and they'll do th- things like just go on a hike with the sure. kids and the kids are they're jumping over stumps and down trees and they're just having a blast in the woods and and they're looking at they're looking at the flowers or they're looking at the you know uh, the animals and the birds and all this stuff is those are just again experiences that you can uh, that you can do with these kids. They have very rarely you'd be surprised how many foster kids have never been out in the woods. Yeah. You know it, they they've always been just kind of locked up in their house, afraid of what dad'll do or or afraid that mom and dad won't be there. They'll be strung out and. And they're just trying to survive and take, they're trying to keep their own family together. Yeah. And they, they, they're struggling to do it.
0: So You know, and so much effective teaching happens experientially. Oh, yeah. So you go out and you see a family, you see a husband and wife who actually enjoy being together. You see them not argue about things. You see them not throw dishes at each other when they disagree. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. now as a child, you've never seen anything like that. So you're wondering, oh, it doesn't have to be like my family is. Yeah. So so now you're opening the door. You you don't really solve problems with children by lecturing them about how to be. You solve problems by living the way it should be, and when they don't get it, you explain the difference. Yeah.
1: One of the one of the best tools that we that we realize we love doing with foster kids is just to uh, is just to teach them how to laugh. Yep. These kids don't know how to laugh. And have fun.
0: I got and a few dad jokes I could yeah, give. They're <laughs> the <that> same type <laughs> of things. <laughs> they'll look at you cross eyed and yeah, yeah, what? Yeah. But
1: anyway, they'll, but they, they just don't know how to laugh. And the more experiences that you can give them is to allow them the time to be able just to laugh at themselves, and laugh at the whatever situation they're in, uh, it's, it's valuable. Boy, the they, they, they just love it.
0: So, do a lot of foster kids come? Are they tied to media at all when they come?
1: Uh, depending on the older ones, yes. The older ones, yeah, yeah. I mean, the older ones are. You know, that's been their babysitting um, program all the way up through, uh, you know, childhood. Put them in front of a screen and and uh, they go on. It's you no know. wonder
0: they're messed up in their brain.
1: Well, exactly right. And, but so you see, you see that. And, uh, but that could even be overcome. You know, as you as you work with the with the child, um providing again more things to do that they've never done before so they come to your house
0: though and there's a different standard and and they're not a part of it so they're obviously doing crazy things to you correct how do you deal with that i mean you know they come and and you sit down and eat dinner and they grab the food and they go in the living room sit on your couch what 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 do you do
1: yeah you you bring them back uh you know to to the dinner table but you tell them hey this is the way this family behaves Um, Hey, we love you. We want you to, you know, we want you to be part of the family in here. And you may, they may say no or whatever. And it's just simple discipline. You just sit back and say, well, you know, you got to eat at the table. Yeah. You know, you got to stay here. So you got to expect
0: them to do that.
1: You bet. You got to have the expectations out there. They can't be unrealistic expectations. Okay. You got to understand where these kids come from, you know, because they've never uh, know where you're at. So you got to take it step by step. Do
0: they all have a bedtime? They know when they're supposed to go to bed?
1: Um, some do, some don't. Okay. You know, some do. I, like I, any family, then. Right. Exactly. Uh, and usually, it's, it's it's much easier again with the younger ones, uh, but once they they get to be about the uh, 10 years old and older, uh, it's much more difficult to put in the the disciplines that they need to function within the family. But it can be done. Right. You just got to be very very deliberate with it, and you got to work with your own kids and say, you know, we're working we're working with uh, Susie over here to get her to, to adopt to our standards, and she doesn't do it, but you guys are still expected to do it right? Uh, as our family. It does, and she's not being treated specially. She's just being trained.
0: Well, I really love that idea because I think that young people learn how to serve and learn how to give by doing that, not by being told that you should yeah. do that. Yeah, And that's an important aspect of, of life for anybody.
1: Well, well, fostering is a family event. It is. I mean, you got to. It's not only foster mom and dad. It's, it's the kids in the biological family that has to be also be involved in the process.
0: And I think that's a valuable lesson for everybody. You know, we're going to keep talking in our next segment about fostering and foster families, and, and maybe some of the things we're doing here at Silverbirch Ranch to try and encourage foster families, uh, because honestly, the thumbnail sketch dream is very simple. We we want to be a catalyst to help people who love God see a problem, and start stepping out and helping with the problem. And it isn't, it isn't that you have to be overly skilled or anything. If you can love, if you can care, if you can get trained a little bit and be somebody even to help with respite care or whatever it might be, let's get the churches involved in a problem that is there because it's a godless solution so far at the state. I'm Dave Wager. I'm with Mike Jewell here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Goodbye for now.